Welcome back to our Total Sense Bite Size episodes. I'm Tom Hensky, and I'm here to help parents teach their kids about money. Today, I'll be preparing you for your next money dinner time conversation with your kids. In this short episode, I'll give you a few questions to help prompt the conversation. Nothing more, just some helpful questions to ask, and I'll also give you some of the responses you're likely to hear. This should be enough to help pique their curiosity about money. You are simply stopping the trend of money being a taboo topic in the household. You're not trying to claim that you're money smart yourself. You're not trying to make them a financial guru. You're just getting the conversation going to open their minds. Let's jump right in. Today's lesson, demystifying legal documents. Many parents don't feel comfortable putting the topic of legal documents, such as wills or healthcare proxies, on their list of financial concepts to teach the kids. I often hear, well, I don't think that's really relevant. I think I understand the reason why we avoid these conversations, and it's basically because families are fighting to keep negativity out of their home with the influence of media. You know, it bleeds, it leads. Adding legal documents that assume the worst case scenario in life is such a downer of a conversation, but it's important, so let's get into it. Let's kick the conversation off like this. Tonight, we're gonna talk about something you've probably never thought about. We call them the what-if documents. These are the non-insurance things we put in place in case something unpleasant happens in life. Most families never talk to their kids about legal documents, but we know you're mature enough to handle it, so we're going to have the conversation. Step one, parents, this lesson's gonna be filled with vocabulary words, so hang in there with me. The first question you're going to ask is, what are legal documents? Here's what you're likely to hear from your kids, something like, official things in writing. Well, let's take it a step further than what they're gonna give us, because it's really defined as a contractual relationship or some other rights. They're legal instruments, and these documents usually have concern over things like authority, identity, legal status, ownership, or some other type of evidence of obligations. What makes them legal? Well, if the creator intends for it to be enforceable by a court of law. In order for a document to be legal, it must adhere to the laws of that jurisdiction and be properly signed, witnessed, and filed where appropriate. Now, don't let the conversation stop there. Ask this question. Why do families need legal documents as it pertains to their finances? And here's how you can paint the picture. Try one of these two statements. First, you need to pack your parachute before you jump out of the plane. Or this one, which I like, you wanna have that life preserver on before you get knocked off the boat. What if documents really become useful at the worst of times? Those typically include First, someone dies. Second, if they have a tragic accident and don't die, but they need medical care. And third, deals with the medical treatment for someone else who can't make medical decisions on their own. Step two, here's where we're gonna talk about the main document that everyone always thinks of, the will. So ask them, what is a will? Here's how they're likely to answer. A legal document that says how a person wishes their property to be distributed. Yes, that's correct, but there's more. It lays out where you intend that certain property to wind up. It also talks about things like a decedent, a beneficiary, and an executor. What do those words mean? Super important, decedent is the person who died, 
Beneficiary is the person getting the gift or the money. And the executor, well, that's the person who's in charge of making sure everything gets where it's supposed to go. You'll then jump into this question. What happens to someone's stuff if they die without a will? Well, you're gonna get some blank stares there for sure. The word you're going to teach them is intestate. What does that mean? It means if you don't have a will, the state decides where your things are going. Here's a difficult question that some parents like to skip. We like to talk about it in our house when we had the conversation, but I get it's a tough one. And here's the question. What happens to minor children if parents die intestate? Oof, that's a tough one. Well, the state decides who's going to be the guardian and who's going to be the trustee. What do those two words mean? A guardian is the person who takes care of the minor children. The trustee is the person who takes care of the money for the child until they become of age to be able to handle it on their own. Let me give you a heads up on a question that might be coming your way. The kids might ask this, who are the guardians for us? Now, many parents aren't ready to have that conversation. Here's why we did want to have the conversation. I think it opens up a discussion on how they feel about the person that if that happened, that they would be living with for the rest of their childhood. What you might find is that you're the one who gains the insight from your kids on the person that you chose to be their guardian. Now, step three, I call those other documents, also known as ancillary documents. Start with this. What is a healthcare proxy? You will get a blank stare for sure. And the answer is, it's just a named person who becomes responsible for making healthcare decisions on behalf of another, typically when they're incapable of making those medical decisions on their own. When a set of circumstances brings you to this point, this document springs into action. And I like that word springs because I think it helps them visualize how the document comes to life. Now, helpful hint parents, your child needs to get this document for themselves at 18 years of age. If you have a child that's about to go to college, they need to get their own healthcare proxy. This might be the first legal document that they have in their early adulthood. Next question, what is a power of attorney? This one is pretty simple. It just gives one person power to act for another person financially. Let me give you a real life example. When we were buying our house and we were going to the closing, my wife couldn't make it that day. So she signed a power of attorney and that let me sign her name on the legal documents at the closing. Next up, what is a living will? This one is tough, parents. I understand why one might want to skip it, but let's go through it anyway because I think it's super important. This is by far the most difficult legal document to talk about. Why? It lays out medical treatments that you would and you would not want to use keeping you alive if it ever came to that point. Basically, you have to determine before you get into that terrible situation, what circumstances might not be worth living. I told you, this is a tough conversation. The document tends to be more of a check the box where you address a large number of possible end of life decisions. You might get pushed by your child to give you examples. I would tend not to wanna to go down that road, but if it happens, you can use examples like mechanical ventilation, tube feeding, pain management, I get it. Let's move out of this one. This is a difficult conversation to have. Step four, I actually love talking about because I call it the dispelling the myth of trust fund babies. And I ask the question, 
what is a trust? I saved this one for last because it mentions trust in a very unflattering way, unfairly bringing up visions of very wealthy people. But, you know, that's not always the case. When an individual sets up a trust, they're creating a legal entity where the owner gives property to the entity and another person, the trustee, looks after it for someone's benefit. When an individual sets up a trust, they're basically creating a legal entity where the owner gifts property to the entity. Another person, ready for this, you'll remember the word trustee, looks after it for the benefit of a beneficiary. This could be a parent who sets aside money for their five-year-old son, Spencer, for example, and Aunt Mary Beth is the trustee in charge of investing the money and distributing it for Spencer's benefit. The reason that people typically associate trusts with wealthy individuals is because they can be used for strategic purposes of tax minimization, creditor protection, and things like protecting against disgruntled family members. But trusts are pretty commonplace in today's day and age, whether you're worth 100,000 or 100 million. Okay, that's it for today. End up the conversation by sharing this with your kids. Being a responsible adult includes taking the time to think through these really uncomfortable conversations and taking actions to prepare for them if they should happen. We don't want to obsess over negative events, but preparing for life's what-ifs is a vital part of everyone's financial plan. I hope you enjoyed our episode of Total Sense. A special thank you goes out to Verso Studios at the Westport Library. Tune in for our next Money Chat.